You're listening to the Lead to Think podcast, a podcast that brings together and inspires small business owners in the salon, spa, and fitness space to be empowered in their everyday decision-making. My name is Lauren Gish. I'm best known for being a coach and strategist in small business. I'm also a salon owner in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be talking about key strategies to keep you from being overworked, overwhelmed and drowning in debt to being rested in control of your business and more than profitable. I'll be sitting down with industry experts and business owners that are just like you to discuss the lessons they've learned and the strategy that's helped them build and survive the roller coaster that is small business. Okay. Hey, Stacy. Hello. How are you today? Good. Thanks so much for being on. Um, I am really excited for you to share some of your story with everyone watching or listening. So I wanted to know if you could introduce yourself to everyone who's watching, listening. Um, where are you at in the United States? Yeah. So uh, my name is Stacy Rackham. I am the owner of Mint Hair Crafting in Royal Oak, Michigan. Uh, we're in a suburb just maybe five miles um, north of Detroit, and I have owned my business since May of 2016. Okay, awesome. So how many people do you employ right now? Uh, so currently there are eight stylists on our stylist team, and then we have two people who work in reservations, and then we have one person who's dedicated to helping with social media. Okay, and then how long have you been in this industry overall? Um, that's a really great question. And I feel like it's between the, the years of 2008 to 2009. And I can't really remember which year it was that I, I graduated cosmetology school, but um, around like 11 or 12 years. Um, okay. Awesome. Been, yeah. Yeah. A really cool experience. But I, I, I kind of, I feel like after a certain amount of time, I just forgot. Like I, I can't really remember. I feel like for me, it was like when I had my kids and people would be like, how old's your baby? And I would be like 12.5 months. And now I'm like, I don't know. We're just a lot. We're, we're here. We're making it. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's kind of how it feels sometimes for sure. Yeah. So today, as I said to you before, our focus is going to be on clarity. And so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I think are really going to, are really going to give some insight to other owners. So I wanted to know when you became an owner, what was your biggest moment of like, oh my gosh, I did not know this until I went behind the curtain. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a, there's a lot of things that I learned. So I bought an existing salon business and then rebranded, renamed, and rebuilt the team. And so I feel like my experience it was a little bit different in that I, I had um, acquired a, a team that was previously in the salon um, from, from, my purchase. And the goal was to like, have a working professional relationship with the previous owner as well. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it didn't feel right to me, like in my heart at the time, I just felt like maybe we had different value systems. Um, but I, I kind of leaned back because I was, uh, people around me were just like, maybe you're just being a little bit sensitive. Maybe you're just being a, a bit um, you know, just a bit nervous. You really should just try to trust into this. She can teach you so much. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
the working relationship did not last uh, more than about 10 days together. There was um, some just really questionable integrity and um, some ethical things that did not align with me as a person. And especially now looking back, like as a brand new business owner, I was like six days in and finding out just things that were just really, really hurtful. Um, and so through that, it actually, well, it was really uncomfortable and really painful. And, and there was a subsequent fallout from some of the existing stylists who then moved on um, rather quickly. And it was kind of, it was kind of as a group decision and it was just really not pleasant. Um, I also, through all of that, gained a lot of clarity around um, who I want to spend time mm -hmm. with in our industry and what I want my team to be like, because I didn't start my business with a team. So like I didn't bring stylists with me from my previous salon. I didn't hire before we opened. So I, I kind of went into it with, with no one. And I was able to, through that really painful lesson, identify what type of professionals that I want to engage with. Mm -hmm. And, um, really how to communicate that because it, it was such a painful loss, like so fast into things that, um, it, it actually gave me a lot of, it, it was a gift, even though it didn't feel like it at the time. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure like, so have you come across situations mm -hmm. after that experience where you've had different things come at you, like someone you could hire or different opportunities and you've seen it, like you've been like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm yeah. clear here. Like I will not be bamboozled <laughs> by this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and there's, there's a lot of different types of people who make up our industry and that's what is so special about it. Um, but there's also like a group of, of professionals that I am a good leader for. Mm -hmm. And I, that helped me identify who I could be the right fit for. Um, and instead of, uh, I think, going into it thinking like, I can help so many people with their careers and just that like the people who are going to be open to working with me, I believe that I can help em empower them and embrace their career path. Um, but those that don't really see the value and what my mind knows and what my heart knows, that I won't be the right leader for them. Mm -hmm. I love that. Do you think that that affects the way that you hire now, like what you communicate, like, do you say like, Hey, these are the things I don't compromise on. Like, how do you yeah. approach that with new people? It's really interesting. So I've been doing actually quite a bit of zoom interviews the last mm, maybe four weeks or so. And I try to be really transparent because it's, it's an interesting thing, the art of interviewing and connecting with people. Mm -hmm. um, because really the goal is that I talk less and that I listen more, at least for myself, like my style, mm -hmm. so that I can hear what's really being shared under the surface. Yeah. Like the polished answer is really, is really important, but what is like, but there's more to it. What's the foundation behind that answer? Mm -hmm. And to really understand, because there's definitely individuals, maybe sometimes like some feedback I'll get is like, um, if I ask about what teamwork may look or feel like to them and I'll get things like, well, sometimes I had to do work that wasn't really, a, that was above my pay scale or something like that. And, um, it's an interesting response mm -hmm. and 
I try to stay in a place of curiosity of like, well, could you say more about that? Can you help me understand what that might mean to you? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to quickly go into judgment, but I'm also like, what does that mean? Because there might be a time that I'm going to ask you to do something that isn't on like the written um, job description. Mm-hmm. And um, the the framework or the mindset or like the energy of like, okay, that I don't do that is like probably isn't going to work for me because that's just not how I want to operate. So, so yeah, so to to answer that, I do think that I have a bit more clarity around that with people. Um, when we have our connections, it is an interesting thing now because I, I'm I'm not able to read body language. Yeah. In the same manner. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before, you know, people maybe would sit back or they would, and now it's like, all I see is like their floating head. Yeah. And it's still kind of awkward, you know, it, like, it's very it almost like more nerve wracking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So last week I had a few and I, I definitely had like a stomach of knots before we got on the calls. Um, and I, I, I was just like, wow, why am I so nervous right now? But I, it really was because it does feel different. Mm-hmm. It does. I feel like we're learning a whole new way to see people and the other things mm-hmm. we have to take cues from. So in the name of clarity, what are some really good interview questions that you feel like you've come up with from your past experience that like kind of yeah. go for the jugular and <laughs> show you what's, not, um, what's real and what's not real? Yeah. So um, we definitely... Well, one that we've been working with more has been what does inclusivity and equality mean to you? What does that look like in your career? Um, So that has been one that we've been working with a bit more to just really understand where someone is at within, in their own journey within that. Um, Mm -hmm. We're an inclusive salon and we're always going to be working to grow our equality practices in the salon. and so it's important to me and it's something that is a non-negotiable. And so that's not a fun surprise um, either. Like that's not a very yeah. good, like that's a good way for you to be like, here's who we are. Who are you? Yeah. And so I actually, I did have an experience in the past with someone who, um, some, some, some things of, of what we do inside our space didn't really align for for them inside their their own values or belief systems. And so that was really uncomfortable mm-hmm. as an owner. Um, and so, you know, just coming across things like that, I was like, these are things that we talk about right off the, off the bat, <laughs> like establishing that. So, so that's one. Um, another question that I like to go off of, and I had a client recently who's been giving me some feedback. She's in leadership as well. And so we've been having some really cool conversations, but asking about what conflict resolution looks like for them, mm-hmm. um, because in the workplace, like conflict comes up and it doesn't always necessarily look like, um, like a brawl, like a backroom mm-hmm. brawl. It's not that, but it might be like, maybe someone, um, uh, maybe someone doesn't clean out the wash bowls the way that you would like it to be done before you walk in the back. And, um, and it's frustrating for you at the end, at, on a busy day. And, and you just kind of feel like this tension in your chest of like, why can't they just do this the way that I want it to be done? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a conversation that can be had 
versus like maybe coming to leadership or the owner to say like X doesn't do this properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like understanding, like, how do you approach that? Would that be something you'd be comfortable communicating to your coworker? Um, so understanding how they've maybe have handled a, a workplace conflict and then asking them about how they receive feedback. Mm-hmm. What is like, what does it look like to be coached? What does it look like to, um, to have an open conversation and, and what does that feel like for them and the receiving end of feedback? Yeah, that, those are great because I think it also gives you the opportunity to be like, this is how we do conflict resolution. And this is how, you know, like, this is what we mean when we give feedback. Cause I've, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I've really had to hone in on clarifying is my communication. Um, (laughs) pretty blunt and direct. And I've had to learn, um, how to tell people up front in a way where I'm like, okay, how do you like to be communicated to, or what do you think is appropriate, especially with conflict resolution, because there's not, sometimes there's a lot of personal things that have happened for someone around conflict and then they project it into the workplace. Yes. Right. Right. And so we have to relearn together. And I Mm -hmm. think that's such a great thing when hiring to clarify right away to be like, this is how we do conflict resolution. And this is what makes it safe here. Um, that's, that's a great interview question. That's awesome. Okay. Those were great. So I want to ask you another question, which is, those are moments of clarity when you came into ownership and then with interviewing, but I want to know, is there something that someone's taught you, um, whether personally or professionally that has affected your business? Is that your dog? (laughs) Yeah. Can you hear her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, I'm hoping. Something. Yeah. Oh, hope, hi. She, wants, she likes to be on camera sometimes. So <laughs> That's okay. That's uh, nice. Sorry about that. Um, so um, would you ask me that again? I got it. Yeah. No, that's so. fine. Um, you have to show everybody your dog. It's totally right. I know. Right. Um, I'm like, hold on. Let me show you all of my dogs. But <laughs> How many do you have? I have two dogs and a cat. Oh, awesome. That's cute. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll have to like show their face on another, <laughs> another video. Um, yeah. So I wanted to know from you professionally or personally, is there someone that's guided you and given you a piece of advice that's given you like immediate clarity? I know Oprah used to refer to it as like your aha moment, but um, that immediately had you turn and change a practice or change the way you're doing something. I think well, and I think it's been a journey for me to actually change the action mm-hmm. or like my own response to things. Um, and it's actually been, it's been a, a journey between understanding, I wouldn't call it people pleasing, but it is people pleasing. It's like doing things for the, for maybe like the validation or the acceptance mm-hmm. of others to keep things feeling like in harmony, which I enjoy harmony in my life very much. Um, but at the sake of maybe my own personal yeah. satisfaction or happiness or, or joy mm-hmm. um, and having it, it just over time, I had a couple of people in my life really be transparent about their observation of that showing up in my life mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I didn't really understand it. Cause I was like, well, how do you change that? Right? Like I don't actually have the tools inside of me to understand because this is the only way I know. Yeah. And so, um, over the last 
last maybe two and a half years, I've been working on that and a lot of like the shame piece as well mm-hmm. of like within leadership and just being a person because our society, and I can go off in a whole other conversation with this, but our society uses shame for yeah. everything. Um, and it's where there's a lot of breakdown in conversation. And I know that you're a fan of Brene Brown as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, so I've, I've done a lot of reading, a lot of work with that. I've done a, a lot of therapy around working through the shame conversation and understanding how, what it looks like for me when I go into it um, and how I can be a better leader without going into it. And it plays off of the pleasing piece. Yeah. For me. So Mm -hmm. like those that has really, it it was kind of brought forward to me. um, And then I've just been really working to be present to it, to understand it better and to begin to, change how I can, I can view people. So for an example would be like, um, previously, if someone had come into the salon, maybe just a bit, a bit late, right? Just a few minutes after our agreed upon start time, maybe like they didn't, they just maybe just looked like they had a rough morning. Um, I would go into a place of feeling like I I'm doing a terrible job as an owner because obviously I haven't communicated what I would like to be the, our presentation. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is kind of some programming from going to a lot of classes of like, Oh yeah, there's so much, oh, yeah. right, so much structure. And then you're kind of like, well, I'm doing this so wrong. How can I do this wrong? Obviously people don't care. They don't respect me, whatever it might be. You make up a whole story in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just approach things like with my team, like how, like slowing down and checking in, like, how are you today? Is everything okay? I, I see that you're, you, it looks like you may have had like a different start to your morning than normal. Is, is there anything that's coming up for you or anything that's going on? And I've, I would have observed is for my team, those that are able to be really com- transparent with me have been able to communicate with me what's going up, coming up in their world. And I get really great results from them sharing what's really happening because like their lives are happening before yeah. they come in especially this year right home. yeah 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 so like so with that so it's been like a it's been a, something that I've been constantly working with to understand but it's really going back down to like the people pleasing piece and then going into a place of shame of and in those two kind of cycling around one another mm-hmm that's so, so previously I wouldn't say something. I would just be like, well, I'm not, I don't know how to say something. So I won't say something, but I'm upset about it, but I'm afraid to say something. And now it's like, Hey, like, let's just check in. Is everything all right? And it's always like something came up and it's a really human thing. And then they're like, I'm sorry, you know, things happen and I get it. Things do happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they do. So, so yeah. So I think it's actually helped me cultivate a stronger trust with my team. I hope that that's helpful, but that's a really, I think that's a really helpful response because I think as we grow in leadership, those are things that we know we do now, but it really has to do with, I mean, I've experienced that in a major way too, or it totally had to do with my own insecurity and shame because I didn't know what I was doing all the time and I wasn't willing to admit it. And I was like, I've been to all these classes and I've done this and this and this, but I'm like, as an entrepreneur, we're always growing and there's always places where we're just not going to know what we're doing. So my last question for you today, playing off of that last thing that you said was, okay, so you knew you had to stop that. You got clarity on it. You got the tools 
and now you're seeing a different end result. So Mm -hmm. for people that are dealing with that right now, what would you say were like the key things that you saw happening when you weren't doing that well? Like what are some things that were happening in your business or in your life where you saw that kind of crossover? So like the people pleasing thing came up a lot with guests because I still work guest facing with um, behind the chair, like four days a week. And previously it was five days a week. So I was learning how to run my business and lead my team and work behind the chair full time doing like corrective color services all day long. Um, and that's a lot mm-hmm. to do. And now kind of looking back, I'm like, holy, how, no wonder I wasn't happy in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you were people, able to make, like see that that not being clear made you like actually unhappy. Yeah. Personally. Because I realized like I was like trying to please my, my clients by having availability and I would come in early and sometimes I'd stay late because the message to me was like previous to this was like, if you're good at service, you're accommodating, but it was mm-hmm. like, and, and since I don't have children, right. It was like, and I, at the time I had one dog, I could just take him with me to work every day. So it didn't matter. I would just be there all the time, but I wasn't really feeling fulfilled. Um, and so when I started to really address like the shame stuff for me as a leader, the people pleasing part as like a leader and also guest facing, um, I started to just dial back on my schedule a ton. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, I went from working every Saturday to every other Saturday to no longer taking guests on Saturdays. And then now past our quarantine, I'm working just four days a week. I'm working from nine to three, four days a week in the mornings, um, which is the least amount of time I've ever worked behind the chair. And it, I need to be able to do that. And it's been challenging to tell my guests no and not go into a place of like, I'm letting them down. I'm not doing this right. But it's like, I need to, because I want to be able to show up for my team. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that when I'm standing behind the chair. I can't, I don't know what's going on for them. if I'm you know, three hours in on a color service Mm -hmm. and I can't, um, I can't grow my business standing behind that chair. Right. And so like, just like having that, that space, I gave myself space. It was required. I had to have space, um, by just taking some of those Saturdays off at first gave me the, uh, a bit of the more objectivity over the time that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, I don't want to do this Saturday thing at all anymore. My team is able to, to be, I'm able to provide space for my team to grow because I don't need to be behind the chair all the time. Um, and I, I, I had shared this recently about my dog Tangerine when I adopted her last year in June. Um, it, it wasn't intended, but I did adopt her and I no longer could take my dog with me to work. Right. Cause I had two dogs now and she is insane. So she can't go to work with me. And, um, I had then I had to have really a bit more clarity around what time I needed to come home and what time I could start because I didn't have the space to bring my dogs with me to work any longer. And actually having that time away allowed me to be really objective and, and to just see like what would actually suit me as a person. Mm. I was always just saying yes to things to just to just, I just was doing, and I was able to get that time to slow down and to be okay to say like, yeah, I, I don't want to work five days a week and I don't want to work on Saturdays any longer. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like 
before you were able to take that space, did you feel like if you didn't do it, you couldn't ask your team to do it? Was that a challenge for you? Yeah, I, I had always thought about the four day work week. If you've, if you've already read about any of the four day work mm -hmm. week type of, of things, I've always thought that was a really beautiful way of, of success. Um, our jobs are hard physically. They're, mm -hmm. they're physically demanding. Um, but I also felt like if I can't do it, I can't ask my team to do something. Right. And right. So I was like, I'm going to do the morning. I'm going to do the night. I'm going to do all of the education and I'm going to be here every Saturday. But mm -hmm. at some point, like, and, and kind of going back to when you get that like burst of clarity from someone's words, you know, you can't work on your business if you're always working inside of that mm -hmm. business. Um, and it's, it's so clear for me. And so I just used it as a bit of my benchmark that that is, that was not why I opened the salon wasn't to work behind the chair, um, you know, 35 hours a week or something like that. Like that doesn't really serve my people. Mm -hmm. So I use that as my, as my, um, like kind of like my guiding light at times when I really need to dial back in. It can be challenging with clients if they don't understand that piece of mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Um, I, I recently had gotten some pushback because I had answered the phone on a Friday, but I don't take guests on Fridays. And my guest was like, I thought you don't work on Fridays. I really need Fridays available. And I was like, mm, no, I, I, but I, I, I work. I have a business. I just don't take guests. And it was a very, it was a very long conversation. Like there mm -hmm. was like no comprehension happening that, that yeah. like I have other things to do. <laughs> I, um, have gotten asked that question. Mm -hmm. um, so like when you're not working on clients, what are you doing? And, and I'm you're like, like, I'm just hanging out. I'm just like day drinking. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I find it, it's hard for me because I get super offended. Um, mm -hmm. Do you go instantly had, into a place of like, like just like a quick, like, what do you mean? What do I do? What don't I do? Right. What? Well, and the yeah. thing that makes me, I think this is why I'm like doing the podcast and like really trying to create mm -hmm. this community because I feel like no one should be able to tell us when we're supposed to work and how much we're supposed to make and how many hours we should work and how we're supposed to lead because we're not doing that to any other industry at all. Right. Agreed. I agree. So I'm just like, like to that client, I would be like, you know what? It's actually really great because I get to grow my team. Like I've gotten some pushback. I'm at about 20 hours right now with clients. And then I have clients. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a work in progress, but I have my coaching clients on the day. And then I have a day that I just kind of do admin stuff. And it's people are like mad that I'm booked out. You know, I don't have appointments for a while. And they're like, why would you do that? Why would you raise your prices? Why would you take your time back? And I was like, it's actually the only way I can grow my team. Like if I don't mm -hmm. step back and if I don't give them space and help them build relationship with you and help sustain the business, like I can't, I can't grow a business at all. And it's been really fun to have that conversation with clients that'll receive it. I don't know if you can do that with everybody. Um, I still yeah. think people yeah. have that like, server mentality for the people that take care of their hair, mm -hmm. which I don't understand. Um, 
but yeah, that's interesting. How did that conversation end for you? So it's actually, so it was a new guest. I have been taking care of their significant other for only a short few months. So like, it's a very new relationship and wow, this end of, yeah. Uh, so I was, I was, um, I've been really working to not be in judgment and to just be curious. And so I was like, all right, I really want to understand why this is so important to them because it's really important to them that I am the one that takes care of them because I'm mm -hmm. assuming that they are perceiving me to be like the expert mm -hmm. in the building. Um, and I'm, I'm good at what I do. Um, my team, I would say is probably arguably better at what they do. Um, mm -hmm. because they, that's where they're, they're able to be solely focused on that. So, right. um, anyways, you know, it, it, the conversation went on for a, probably a, a seven minutes or so of, of negotiating. Well, what, but what if you came in at eight instead of at nine? And I was like, no, he's like, but you're the owner. And I was like, yes, I know um, that that's why I don't do that. These are our hours. And I was very calm and I was very kind and it was a good lesson for me to not go into like rage internally yeah. to just yeah. say, so it was a really great, um, but afterwards my team, they observed, they, they kind of were in the room and they had observed everything. And then he rebooked and he booked with someone else because I guided the conversation that direction. And um, afterwards they were like, I, how did you do that? How did you stay so calm through that whole experience? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, it's taken a lot of time for me to stay in that present place and to just stay firm and what is going to work best for me and for all of us. And so I'm actually glad that he gave me so much pushback because I was able to calmly stay and just know this is what's really going to, these are the options that we have to us. Yeah, I love that because it shows you how much you've grown. And then it shows mm -hmm. so much to your team about like, we're just going to be, I'm like, I could say clarity all day long, but we're just going to be really, yeah. really clear mm -hmm. about what we believe and when we work and when we don't work. And that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like go to target and be like, I really need 6am. So right. To figure that right. out. That'd be great. It, it, and that's exactly it, right? Is it's like, yeah. I, and I get that sometimes there might be some circumstances that might be a little bit unique and we are, and our businesses was impacted quite a bit during yeah. our quarantine here in Michigan. We were closed for three months. So like, I get that there might be some circumstances and I definitely can take things in a case by case. And that's another part of that with my team is like, let's address things case by case. Because when we have a big blanket statement at times, then we're too rigid and it can be really stressful, but also like, just no, no, mm -hmm. no, yeah. your fade. I'm not coming in early for your fade. It's yeah. And there an is option. a piece where it is, I think you get to a certain point where it's super flattering that someone wants it specifically is. you. Yes. Yes. Um, but, it but I was able to like separate like my value, like my self-worth. And like being a good owner or being a great stylist with like, I'm all of these things still, and I'm not going to be able to give you what you want today. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like that. huge. That is so. really great advice. So for anyone that is struggling with saying yes too much, I'd listen to this more than once, maybe. <laughs> 
So Stacey, where can people find you online? Yeah, so um, the salon's Instagram is mint, it's M-I-N-T, hair, H-A-I-R, crafting, C-R-A-F-T-I-N-G. Um, so we are on Instagram and on Facebook. And then uh, my Instagram handle is Stacy S-T-A-C-E-Y-R-A-C-K-H-A-I-R. So Stacy Rack Hair on Instagram. That's where I hang out. Um, I have fun talking to the people in, in the DMs and in the stories. That's my favorite place to hang out. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Do you have a question you'd like to see addressed in a future episode? Think the answer might help other owners? I would love to hear what you need and see if I can help you think about how to solve it. Shoot a text to 615-398-1669 and we'll try to conquer it together. And if you've liked what you've heard today and feel like you're constantly just treading water and who isn't in 2020, head to leadtothink.com and sign up to watch the webinar that will give you some tools that you need. I'll lead you through the five-step game plan my female clients use to take their salons, spas, and fitness studios from disorganization, crippling anxiety, and bleeding profits to rested, organized, and more than profitable, even if they're overworked, overwhelmed, or buried in debt. I hope that you took away a lot from what Stacy had to say today on Clarity, and I'll see you in our next episode.